Holistic. Bashiana. Hi, welcome to Who You Call Holistic. I am your host, Shiana Rivers. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. Happy Heart Health Month. And happy Lunar New Year coming up. I actually saw a post uh, the other day of like an Asian chick and a black chick and um, they were, you know, like collabing on how they were both celebrated in February. And I just, you know, I laughed, of course, since it is the shortest month of the year. Um, But at least it's a leap year this year. So happy birthday to those who have a have a leap year birthday. I always wondered how that works. Like what day you pick to celebrate on if you do have a leap year birthday? Because I'd be confused about that. But anyway, uh, as you know, I'm recording today at GOT Sound Studio. Shout out to Neek. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And while we're here, leave a review too. I actually went the other day, and this is one of those. <laughs> this is one of those moments that I'm kind of like, mm, should I even look? And like, I, how do I get more data on this kind of thing? Because I was scrolling some of my reviews the other day. And, of course, there's, you know, great ones. And then there's, like, a handful of shit ones, which I don't even think they, like, left a comment. They just would leave, you know, like, one star or something. And I was like, what what determines that? Like, how many episodes did they get in? Did they just choose one episode in particular? You know, like, what determines how that was scored? But rather than like thinking about that too much, I'm just, I'm not because I'll get in my feelings and, you know, my Leo moon will be butthurt. So instead of focusing on like the probably one or two terrible reviews, I'm just focus on my loyal following. Thank you all so much. And uh, just encourage you again, if you do like this show, if you like my content, then please leave a review so that there's some balance there to it. Thank you. And I'm not really talking about ADHD things today, but there's a whole thing. What, not even, not really. I'm not talking about ADHD things today. That, that'll probably be another episode again later because it's probably time to revisit that. But there's a whole thing with ADHD, like rejection sensitivity, something or other. And I was like, bitch, I got that. I got that. And here I was just thinking it was my, my Leo moon, but there's other levels to it. So anyway. Back to Black History Month. So, uh, and I got, <laughs> I got mixed feelings about uh, the content that I see being a, uh, being a biracial person during this month because, of course, and I'm, fuck you to those people that post these things, but I hate when people say you only get to celebrate half the month because, bitch, I'm going to celebrate as long as I want to, okay? All right? Um, especially in South Carolina, I'm all the way black, no matter how we look at it, all right? And it's not like, you know, we had any Black History Month celebrations at my own home growing up. Uh, As you know, I have a very, very white British mother. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. You know, you're familiar. Pat. Shout out to Pat. Um, So, yeah, Black History things weren't really discussed in my home. And even the content will be talking about today wasn't necessarily a thing in my home, which makes sense. Uh, My mom was worried about paying for rent and putting food on the table. So 
probably giving me black history facts wasn't um, on her priority list. And likely, more than likely, um, she wasn't familiar with the stuff that I'll be sharing today either. So uh, I did want to touch on um, Issa Rae. If you don't know, I love me some Issa Rae. And I wasn't one of the like original awkward black girl supporters per se. Like I didn't really know of her like that just yet, but I did read that book of hers, Awkward Black Girl or Confessions of an Awkward Black Girl, whatever it was, something Awkward Black Girl book. I read that years ago back when I used to work at USC in the registrar, registrar's department. And I became a fan after that because, you know, she was very authentic, still is, and real and relatable. And, you know, we're seeing what she's doing now and, like, how that's continuing. And, of course, she's a Capricorn, okay? So, you know I'm a big fan. And I was just thinking about some of the other people in the media industry and the entertainment industry that are also Capricorns and what they're doing for, for black people. And for I could say for women, too, because there's, there's some of them but also just for black people. And Issa Rae has her media company, uh, Hooray Studios, and or Hooray Media. And I remember thinking, like, you know, if, if I were to look at that as an example, like, what, what, kind of, what kind of media something or what kind of group something should I have in the future? You know, it really got me thinking, like, what kind of platform do I need in the future to showcase my community, you know? So it's got some wheels turning, some, some things spinning. And if you aren't already familiar with that Issa Rae quote, because, of course, I had to bring up her stuff for Black History, but Issa Rae is very much famous for saying, I'm rooting for um, everybody Black. All right. And so am I, okay? And... Uh, outside of that famous line, um, she also has one. I remember I recreated this on Instagram for um, It's Feeling Like Me season. I'm a big fan of that one as well, as you know. But she's a Capricorn sun. And, of course, you know, I had to look up some of her chart just to, you know, just to get some more information here. She's a Capricorn sun, Libra moon, and Taurus rising. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that blend. I can see how that works, how that meshes together. And if you are not familiar, she just recently made it during Black History Month. I'm sure that was arranged appropriately, I'm guessing. Um, but she just recently made it to Time Magazine's cover. And I don't know if any of my listeners were uh, watching Rap Shit, I was also watching that show because I was a big fan of Insecure. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm here for what Issa's putting out here. So I'm going to support what she got going on. I still haven't tried her wine yet. That's on the to-do list. But after rap shit got canceled, she was even, you know, discussing how it's showing her, you know, there's even more of a need for these other platforms to support black shows because they're not a priority. But... I was listening to her interview in that Time Magazine uh, 
I guess that's the phrase I need to say. Yeah, I was listening to her interview from Time Magazine, and I really, really enjoyed this clip I'm going to play because I was like, this is exactly what I'm always like pushing for. This is exactly what I'm talking about all the time. So much of it came, and I speak about this all the time, from like these other connections that I've had that I've built with people and just saying, hey, do you want to do this together? Or hey, what do you need? What can I help you with? And kind of building from there. Uh, I had countless times where I tried to go through the system traditionally, whether that's like writing a spec script to be able to get in a writer's room or working with, um, or trying to get representation, just being like, where do I even start? And it really, where I started was with the community that around me that I, I had built. Y'all know I'm always talking about your community, our community, and like really building with the community because, you know, it only takes a handful of people to believe in your movement. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. It does. Like we see it all the time when we see, um, you know, these movies with like, when you think about, uh, and I know I was trying to think of some other black uh, actors and stuff that do this as well. But I know for sure, if you've seen like a bunch of the cult classic movies and stuff, when you think about Adam Sandler and like David Spade, they're all like in the same movies or they, they cross over in similar circles. You know, they're, you see them a lot together, right? And I recognized Issa Rae doing that with the people she was building with. And I'm seeing it happen, you know, in the entertainment industry with other podcasters and other influential people. Like you see them with their, their circle and you see them in these different pockets of fields that they are expanding and, you know, bringing more, bringing more awareness that there's like, you know, black people lacking in these spaces and just also bringing more awareness to the equality needed to continue to grow in these spaces. So um, I see Issa Rae doing it, and I was thinking about how I'm doing that myself. You know, like, it's the same group that I'm, I'm building with. And, like, I was really just thinking about, you know, just how potent and powerful that can be to find your people and to grow and to strengthen what the fuck you got going on? So, again, shout out to Issa for her inspiration and just, you know, being a role model for, for what we are all building out here. And I know she even mentioned in that interview how she was really focused on, you know, in order to get to these next levels, you know, for instance, having a whole other platform for black shows and stuff, you know, she's got to build the finances behind that and what that looks like. So I see why, you know, she's got her her wine thing going on. And I can see her probably having some other products in the future. And, you know, we see that with or we've seen that with Rihanna. We've seen that with now Beyonce just released or just discussed releasing her hairline, too. So it's just, you know, you see what has to take place in order to make some make some waves and make some impact 
to leave these legacies behind. And actually, again, because Capricorn, they are the foundations of the things, um, you know, building these foundations for what we got going on now and for those behind us building what they got going on too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she's building in the future. Um, I, I love seeing people win and I, I really love seeing Capricorns win. And speaking of Capricorns winning, I was yesterday years old that I learned that Lil John is a Capricorn. But yes, like I did not know. And I was like, of course, of course, I love, who, love him even more now. Um, but Lil John is putting out a meditation album, if you're not hip. And I was like, you know, I can see that. I can actually see that because... I've spoken before about how, you know, there's certain people's voices that can either really move you and motivate you, inspire you, and then there's some people's voices that just feel like nails on a chalkboard and you can't fucking stand to listen to them. Lil John doesn't have one of those. He very much has a, like a speaking voice that I would listen to during a meditation. I would listen to his guided meditations. And um, if, uh, if some people that are cool with Lil John need to collaborate with me, you know, for sound healing and or Reiki for, you know, a tour or something. You can reach out to me. Just let me know. I'm, I'm up for that. Andre 3002, you know, that could be a whole thing. I'm, I'm here for that. And I'm curious to, as to like what, you know, entertainers are going to be doing moving forward as we're seeing what, the rap game looks like shifting because, I mean, Usher's doing, well, Usher's not a rapper, but, you know, that generation, you know, of, that was my high school years into college time. So seeing those generations growing and evolving is really, really lovely to see because, and I'm sure, I have it in my heart that Andre 3000 is going to release another rap album at some point, probably not this year, but I can see it happening. But I do like seeing that they're like, you know what? That's not what we need right now, especially in the age of Aquarius. You know, we are building as a collective. And if you are all the way familiar with how sound carries a frequency and how sound heals and how people say, you know, the revolution won't be televised. No shit. But in order to make revolutionary things happen, we have to be using our voices. We have to be on these platforms and putting out work and content that allows us to use our voices as frequencies and use sound as healing in order to continue to shift the collective. So I'm here for it. I support it. And I'm looking forward to uh, that meditation album. Like I'd, I'd be curious um, who else is out there listening to it. So let me know if you check it out and what you think, because I guess it'll be out next week. So I'm here for it. And I don't know, I guess I'll have to play it first, because I was going to say, I don't know if I'll be able to like play it for clients. I could play Andre 3000's album for clients, but I remember like when I listened to it, I was like, this is not like a sit on the couch and drink coffee thing. This is definitely a 
meditation situation. Like it definitely has its place and that's what it'll be used for meditation or Reiki clients. So, um, but knowing the things about having these platforms and sharing your voice is just also what reminded me of, you know, the start of this podcast and how this podcast, you know, just to remind you was not originally a podcast. I didn't even really entertain having a podcast at the time, but this started out as a web series. And my idea was to have a web series to bring more awareness specifically to the black community about alternative therapies. And I went down a whole, you know, journey down memory lane of what led to that. And I remember back when I was massaging at the salon I used to work in, and I started there in 2012, just to give you reference of the timeline, because uh, this podcast started, what, 2020? My, you could say my, um, my spiritual journey really got hot and heavy in 2015, because that's when I had that healing crisis take place. So from, you know, 2012 to now, the evolution of this and what got me there was very much when I was working in the salon. And granted, the salon I was working in was owned by a white, a white woman and her clientele, obviously white women, very much white women clientele. But knowing that like I've always been around all races, you know, like it wasn't a thing for me, of course. It was really confusing for me why I didn't have many black clients. And I was like, <laughs> of course, making it about myself. Like, does nobody like me? Like, is it me? Is something wrong? And I remember even talking to my mentor who's Asian and just looking at her clientele as well because she'd been doing what she was doing already for 10 years before I got in there. And we were just, I remember us discussing it and she only had like a handful. And I mean, she had like a rotating clientele for all these years. Like, you know, she had built this clientele for some time. So the fact that she even had like a handful and I was like, I know she does good work, you know, like what is it? And then again, remember I said my, my mom and I, British Pat, we were not discussing black history. We were not discussing the healthcare community in the black communities. We, this was not a thing. So it wasn't until I had that aha back then that I was like, oh shit. Okay. I see. I, I see why I don't have many black clients. And also that shit needs to change. So here we are. So when I really started digging and, you know, obviously some of this information I'm sharing isn't going to be news to some of you listening because you're like, duh, Shiana, I already knew this. This is why it's a problem now. Um, but still, for those who don't know, allow me to share some information. So back when I was working in the hospital even, because before massage school, I was working at couple different hospitals here because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and it was a good paying job just after high school I could work whatever shift and I was already a night owl so working third shift was ideal for me 
And, you know, it was decent pay to not have a degree yet. And working in the healthcare industry, like I worked around a lot of black people that that wasn't anything. And I could say that there were, you know, a mixed bunch of patients that would come in. So that wasn't a thing either. Now, the black physicians, mm, not many, not many. And um, it was in the hospital, of course, you know, I already said, like, it was in the hospital that I learned what a shit show insurance is and what that looks like. But again, another day for another podcast. But I also learned then about sickle cell. And I did not even realize that sickle cell only affected black people. There were so many like ahas I had over the years being biracial and learning like things that black people deal with and white people deal with. And then my my concern about like, well, is that going to be a thing for me? Like, what is what does it mean when you're both? Like, am I susceptible to this or this? I don't know what that looks like. Um, like, can I get lice? How does that look? And I, I'm pretty sure black people do get lice, but um, they are less prone to getting lice because of oil things. And I remember just thinking that, and I remember thinking, you know, sickle cell, like, am I susceptible to that? There were just so many, like, ahas over the years that I came across literally working in these fields. So when I had the aha about black people in self-care, I was like, oh, I see what we're undoing. I see how deep this is and what needs to be done to undo this. So obviously, um, the healthcare industry isn't currently and hasn't been in history that fair for black people. So to give you some numbers, give you some numbers and put a pin in this little piece of information, right? So slavery ended 159 years ago, right? I'm gonna circle back to that. So put a pin in that information. Slavery ended 159 years ago. Um, and with that being said, there's obviously been a history of enslaved people getting all kinds of ridiculous, you know, medical testing without their consent. And this has been shown in plantation journals. This has been discovered in slaves journals of what was taking place and the unfair studies and tests and just sick shit that was done to slaves, right? And then, of course, there was the Tuskegee syphilis experiment study that happened in 1932, between 1932 and 1972. And that didn't allow black people to get treatment for syphilis after they even had penicillin available. Um, the mid 20th century, black women were forced with sterilization. And then continuing, there was, and again, still, racial segregation in healthcare. And it was actually, I don't know if you've watched the um, Dear Mama, and I don't even know if I ever finished it. Hmm. The, the Dear Mama Tupac Shakur biopic, not a, no, not biopic, documentary. But it was on that that I discovered that his mom, Afeni, 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 let's say Afeni, Shakur, and the Young Lords and the Black Panther Party collabed to produce the Patient Bill of Rights that is still in the hospitals now. 
So these things have been in the works and being and have been worked on over all of this time, right? Again, remember, put a pin in that 159 years ago thing. I'm gonna come back to that. So today, there's still a bunch of systemic racism in the healthcare community. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say, let me not say nice. I do love that because I'm in this industry, because I'm in this field, the, the people that I've worked with, the people that I've spoken to, the stories that I've heard, um, you know, just gives me some insight of what specifically black women are dealing with when it comes to getting their health taken care of and the fuckery that they're faced with. And, you know, I remember being a kid when, is that Aaron Hall, I miss you? I remember when that music video came out. I don't remember how old I was. I should have looked that up. But I remember seeing that music video and boo-hooing, like boo-hooing about what took place in that music video. And I remember much like when we would watch, you know, the scare tactic videos on smoking cigarettes and how they were going to kill you or drugs are bad and they're going to fry your brain. The way that information was ingested into my brain, I immediately thought, you know, you have a baby, you're probably going to die. And that's not necessarily realistic. However, it has been reported that black women are three to four likely three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy complications. And much of that is because their practitioners aren't listening to them. And I've even seen people that I know personally share their own stories of their childbirth experience. And I'm glad that I got to have Dr. Megan on here recently to discuss, you know, her experience in that industry in the pelvic health care field and how she even learned how black women were treated in that industry. Because again, it gives people more insight of like what we're dealing with and how to move forward to make these things change. Um, black people are even treated less fairly when it comes to pain management. They are, there's been lots of studies in, you know, how Black women don't receive the same kind of treatment plan even. like, And I don't know if Dr. Melanie had said that on the podcast or if that was just conversation with how, you know, black women might get like three Tylenol pills or something when the white women would get 30 after some invasive procedure or something. So there's just, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of just shit, you know, with that. And... um there's also research that shows black patients experience communication barriers with their providers, with their practitioners. So they feel like they get dismissed when it comes to, when it comes to talking about their health care. And, you know, it even let me, it made me remember what I was dealing with, even with my ear, you know, as minor as that was, the mental mess that I was dealing with because I couldn't get answers and I felt crazy. And, you know, not one of my providers was a person of color, <laughs> not one. And then finally, when I did get into the alternative therapy, 
my practitioner was Latina, you know? So like, yay, there was some similarities, but still like, it's nice to see other people that look like you. And I get that now. I mean, I get, I got that before, but it does make you feel a lot more comfortable in having these conversations in like saying, wow, like they might actually understand what I'm going through. They might actually understand how to provide good service for me. And, you know, much like, and I used to work for a gynecologist, by the way, and it was a male gynecologist. And I remember thinking like he had been in the industry for years, like he was close to retirement age. And I just remember thinking like, "Mm, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want a male gynecologist. Like how, yes, he might have studied my parts in a book, but he doesn't really know, you know, how, how can he relate to what I got going on inside here? He can't, he doesn't really know. So I can see that with the healthcare field too. Like you do want somebody that you can relate to. You want somebody that can treat you the way they want to be treated. And it really wasn't until I had a therapist that was black and I love her. Of course, I'm not going to give her name because I don't want everybody taking all her appointments. And, um, but she finally, it finally felt like I had a safe space and like a cool aunt to tell all my things to and to have a conversation with about the things going on in my life that felt okay to share, you know? And those things really do make a difference. And I, I think that's why it's so important now for a lot of black healers to continue to be seen and to continue to build their communities and to continue to really collaborate with other practitioners and other even industries just to keep expanding their reach and to keep you know growing that audience and to keep growing awareness because as things are shifting you know we we need more of us and we need to see more of that so that we know we have more safe spaces and i remember even like discussing with my friend that's in her residency now and like just some of the challenges that she's had throughout that journey herself And I didn't even know, which, of course, because a lot of things are about money anyway, but I didn't even realize what ridiculous prices these people that are in school to be physicians are paying to take a test, to take a test. Like, this person wants to be a physician. They want to take care of people. They want to, you know, heal the world. And you want to charge thousands of dollars at a time for a test that they already had to pay for school to study for. They probably even paid, you know, a tutor to assist them in that because medical school, from what I've heard, is very hard, right? And you don't want to fail that test because you're going to have to come out of pocket another thousand or so dollars to take another one. And given the history of what has taken place with white people having more access to resources and financial wealth and inheritances and such. Um, Black people just now like really leaning into become, not just now, let let me make that clear. But in order for more and more black providers 
and physicians to become a thing, you know, they, they, they're going to need more money. And if these things have always been built this way and black people have not been given those opportunities the same way white people have, then I get why it has been such a challenge to get more black physicians in these spaces. Outside of that, you know, some of these spaces are already racist. So that's a whole nother challenge in itself. So it's just, it's one of the, it's one of those things that it's just like, okay, I don't want to say another thing, but I just see how many layers and levels there are in getting more people that look like us doing what we do. So it was even on Twitter in, I think it was like 2021. It was a few years ago. Like this was not that long ago that I saw this. And remember I was in massage school in 2011 and even before massage school, I remember I had this flashback. I was talking to a friend recently. We used to have the Encyclopedia Britannica's. And, um, and I remember flipping through the anatomy one. I was very fascinated with the anatomy one because it had like the laminated pages in it. And you could see like the layers of muscle, and tissue, and bones and stuff. And I just remember thinking like, this is really cool. Like I like to be able to see this and study this. It was really, really neat. Um, but in all the years since that Encyclopedia Britannica, since probably sex ed and, you know, then massage school in 2011, when it came to learning anatomy, physiology, looking at pictures of bodies that we were studying, none of them were black, right? None of them were black. So when it came to like 2021 and I saw it on Twitter, it was a black belly with a fetus. And I remember the comment was like, in all my years, you know, like I'm just now seeing a black fetus in a womb. Like, what is that? So that's a whole nother avenue of like a barrier that has been built that we are breaking now and continuing to break. So even outside of black healthcare providers and black healers, you know, we are seeing even more developing with black creators and why they are so important in this movement. Because we do need more black illustrators to get into these spaces, to offer their own input, to offer their own way of showing like what it really looks like, what things we really experience. Because even hearing that some, you know, people that are in medical school and stuff, there's certain, say, like, skin disorders and stuff. They're going to look way different on a white person than they are a black person. So, like, how am I supposed to treat this when I don't know what it looks like because I've only been given this one picture, right? So there's, again, just so many layers of things that have to be re rebuilt, like, torn down and rebuilt, essentially. So going back to slavery was only, or slavery just ended 159 years ago, right? According to my calculations, not according to my calculations, some of this was chat GPT, thank you for that. And, um, but as a healer, especially as an energy healer, especially with what I do in treating the body as a whole and also addressing generational trauma, which clearly I was just discussing on this whole episode, 
you know, one of the things that I've learned in this industry is just how much of an impact we're making by healing ourselves, right? Because when we work on healing ourselves, we're healing our families, we're healing our communities, but we are also healing seven generations of trauma. Seven generations, okay? Are you doing this math? Is the math mathing yet? So according to ChatGPT, a generation runs about 25 to 30 years, all right? There's some other factors that play a part, but seven generations ago was between 175 to 210 years, all right? Is the math mathing yet? So slavery ended 159 years ago, seven generations, 175 to 210. You see what I'm, you see what I'm saying here? So it really is like we can really see like what's what's brewing now, right? Like I really feel that obviously my generation, which were the Pluto and Scorpio generation, the millennials are the Pluto and Scorpio generation. So this tracks when I'm looking at this math, uh, the Pluto and Scorpio generation is very much here to say, y'all fuck this up. We got to fix it. All of this is wrong. <laughs> like, I like, I like what you did there, all right? But it's, it's not right. So we are rebuilding things. We are pointing out the things that have been taboo, much like black pictures in an anatomy book. And we are bringing awareness to what needs to be fixed, what needs to be rebuilt, what has been a lie, and why we don't have access to some of the things that we were promised you know? And I love that I get to be a part of this. I love that I have a platform like this to bring on other people that are a part of this. Um, you know, if you haven't already, I'm sure you have, but make sure again, you know, you check out some of these other episodes I've had with especially the black women on here. Like they're doing some big shit. All right. And like, I'm, so honored to be a part of that and to even have a piece of that history with what's happening moving forward. Again, we are still like we're in the age of Aquarius and there is a lot of collective up leveling. All right. There's a lot of like it's going from that, you know, the corporations needing to take care of us to us realizing we take care of us. And again, that is why our communities are so important. You know, we are a tribal people at the core of it. And much like Issa Rae put, she was given these challenges over the years in her own industry. And it took her looking at her community around her to say, hey, like, they, you know, they, they're they fucking up over here. Like, let's do something together. Let's build something together because that way isn't working. I tried to go that route. Fuckery. Let me build my own way. And if that's what it's going to take, then so be it. You know, we can build our own way and we can do it together and we can bring those up around us 
that are supposed to be a part of this movement too. So with that being said, I cannot stress it enough how important it is to really grow and build with your community, really, really collaborate with those around you to make these changes, to bring more awareness to this. Because I had a, like a strategy call recently and we were discussing what my demographic looks like, you know, what people am I talking to, what people are listening to my message. And when we discussed races, I was like, you know, um, I, I actually have like a, a really good mix, right? Like I don't, I don't have to code switch. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for that. I don't have to code switch for anybody. I sound like myself. I am myself. And I'm grateful that perhaps that is a part of why my demographic is so diverse. But in saying that, knowing that my demographic is so diverse, that's why it's important for me to share all of these things so all of my demographic can see, you know, what, what we're working with so we can make these changes. So I'm going to have some more black women on here in the near future that are some movers and shakers because, you know, we, y'all need to be following these people. Y'all need to be looking at what they got going on because there's, there's obviously some shifts happening and we can all feel it. We can all see it as it is unfolding. And I'm excited about it. So if you are not already on my email list, make sure you sign up for that. You know, I share all of the resources, all of the information you need to be checking out on there. Make sure you have a moment to make it to one of my live events. Um, again, because I realize that, you know, community is very important. I really do want to give people an opportunity to grow their own communities, build with these other people that are doing similar things to what they're doing because there's, there's pockets of this. And like, I'm not in that space to be competing with anybody but myself. And I'm here for the collaborations. I'm here for, I'm here for the aligned collaborations, okay? And the more we can collaborate and build something better, the better we will have for those behind us. So mm, that felt like a little mic drop moment, right? Mm. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Again, a reminder, if you didn't already, go ahead and leave a review for me because, because thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to allow me to share these things, to allow me to be in this space and do what I do because I really do enjoy it. And I am grateful that I am here doing what I do and building, building this new. Mm. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. All right, that's enough. Uh, Y'all have an amazing day, week, month, and remember to meditate and hydrate. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Who You Call in Holistic. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find me and all my services on Shiana.com. That's S-H-E-A-N-A-H. 